This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and modern Australia has never come to terms with what was done to Indigenous people following European arrival. Well may we say, God save the Queen, because nothing will save the Governor-General. You know I've searched my heart to prove There's better ways to push and pull Hey, whatever gets you through these days Hello and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian politics. This is episode 132 for Thursday 9th of July 2020. I'm Jeremy Siapirko, and each week I'll be joined by a different guest host to help me discuss what's just been happening to the country, what's likely to happen, and hopefully what we can do about it. Tonight's guest host is returning guest host, Denise Siapirko, my beloved wife. Welcome back. Hello. Yep. Yeah, I hope everybody listening to this is properly secured. Mm. Uh, you might want to put some kind of protective mask over your ears, uh, over your headphones, before you listen to us, because we are, of course, recording from a self-contained state. 2,000 kilometres long. A shining beacon in Bass Strait, all alone in the night. So, in this analogy, who are the Minbari? Are they going to fly in and save us from, like, the other Earth forces? Or, like, the Minbari is going to come in and save us from the rest of Earth, a.k.a. Australia? It was just a nice reference to Babylon 5 because of the, <laughs> the feeling very isolated right now and it was probably right after seeing this morning's front page for the mercury which was it's a picture of australia but with tasmania shoved in where victoria used to be uh i think covering a chunk of new south wales it is actually covering a chunk of new south wales i think it seems to be covering canberra too and then victoria has sort of been exiled off into the state so they've been swapped but not quite because tasmania is actually taking over some of the mainland as well and a bit of south australia it looks like yeah, but, but a chunk of, oh, I suppose the chunk of Victoria that was, that's, that's now sea next to South Australia. South Australia's got some additional coasts, but that's, the, Victoria's just sort of floating down, but, but with like the straight, a straight border around the edge. That's got yeah. a, I mean, that, imagine the sea, imagine the coast where there's just like long line for, you know, six or seven hundred <laughs> kilometres just in a straight. Anyway, anyway, the point is that apparently we are the New Island state. Or, or alternatively, according to the Daily Telegraph in Sydney, we're Mexicans. And they, they're not just doing it once. They had the headline, it was Monday night, they closed mm. on it. So Monday was Mexicans shut out. And then today what? they're still writing stories about Victorians rushing the border and uh, or trying to desperately come in just before it closed. They're still calling us Mexicans. Well, and in Queensland, apparently it's a huge issue that Victorians have fled to Queensland by plane. So that, and they're going to self-isolate themselves in hotels for 14 days. So Anna is going to close down that border so we can no longer get into Queensland either after tomorrow. There's going to be a hard border with Queensland. I know. Other than New South Wales, the, the least pleasant of all borders. My favourite thing, however, about that Daily Telegraph front page is the picture just above the Mexican shutout line, which is three white blonde women, uh, a mother and her two daughters, and their strange third, fourth family member who seems very hairy and... <laughs> a dog with a face mask. A dog with a face mask. Yeah. So the feeling you get is that this is, you know, as a Victorian, stuck in Victoria. Not that I'd particularly be desperate to escape to any of the alternatives anyway. 
But it does feel like, you know, the rest of the country, after following Victoria's lead in doing shutdown pretty quickly, much, much faster than Scummo was going to do it, is very quick to turn on us. But then you remember, wait, that's not the other states. That's just one media organisation. It's just, they're, they're all the same media organisation. The Tasmania and New South Wales, we're not hearing from Tasmanians and New South Wales in particular, we're hearing from the News Corp tabloid in each. Mm. So, yeah, okay. Um, they hate they hate the Daniel Andrews government, They all and they always did. Now, I want to be very clear at the beginning of this podcast that I'm not an apologist for Daniel Andrews. I think that, obviously, they, they administratively cocked up. They privatising out, the, the contracting out the security yeah. um, in the hotels idiotic thing to do um of course the idea that the state liberals wouldn't have done exactly the same thing oh god yeah. <laughs> of course they would the idea of contracting these things out is it's labor trying to you know be like the libs and oh. it's an idiotic plan and it doesn't work and here we go once again seeing the failure of contracting these things out to yeah. outside a public service when but they dismantle the public service so they don't have the capacity to do it internally anymore yeah there was a very interesting article in if lincoln oh, actually it might have been the age I don't remember ever saying there was an interesting article in the age before. I can't remember when I last said that. But um, setting out the difference between the Victorian health system and the other states, where basically after Kennett, they they gutted it and they sort of split it into these weird separate fiefdoms. Yeah. So the chief health officer is actually a really minor, like, yeah. low down the hierarchy, but with a really important role. It's it's. I thought when I moved here from uh, New South Wales that it was a bit strange that, like, so we live in the eastern health area. And it's its own little kingdom. It's Eastern Health, Eastern Regional Health. It does its own thing. It has its own structure. It has its own com- like sort of command. And each area has this, like each sort of region has one of these like health systems like that. Anyway, so I don't understand. What, maybe this is an opportunity for Victoria, the Victorian Labor to turn around and be like, you know what, we're actually going to now undo the damage that was done in the mm. Kennedy area there. Um, but we've also got what Andrews has done with the ta- public housing towers. And seriously, the difference in... So, what, with the public housing towers they lock them down suddenly without any warning at all because they didn't want them to scatter the postcodes they lock them down at midnight yes the state sorry melbourne metro more broadly midnight the next plus a day yeah like what why is the same thing not apply so apparently the flight bookings yesterday all went up the um the Cues to get in the morning to drive out of Melbourne. As people were like, oh, if I escape before the lockdown starts, then it, it's okay. Even though Dan Andrews said, don't go to your holiday house for two weeks, for six weeks. But also, the number of people that were going out to restaurants and having gatherings yesterday apparently massively surged. Because when we're on the... I'm not going to be surprised if in two weeks we see another surge of numbers. And, and a spread yeah, like no, 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 no longer geographically limited because you basically just encouraged everyone to make a run for it. Yeah, the local library posted a picture of the queue of people outside waiting desperately to get in so they could, you know, get some books for the next six weeks. And they're trying to sit there and say, "Don't do this. We're going to go back to the free mail out service. Just go on, put it on your put on a put on a request list, and we'll mail you a pack of books." I don't. It's just that extra day. So obviously, the state opposition. Is trying to run very hard on, well, trying to maximise how annoyed everybody is at having to go back into lockdown, and trying to pretend that they would have done anything differently, other than what they would would definitely have done differently, which is what they were saying they wanted to do, which was open up the state weeks and months earlier. They absolutely we would we would have far far more cases right now if the state mm. lives had been in charge. They they were campaigning to have it undone as quickly as possible. They they are 
they and their News Corp mates and the mates at the IPA were out there saying this is a minor virus and the harm to businesses is far more serious than the harm to people of the virus spreading. Yeah. The the idea that these people are trying to turn around and say they were more, more responsible on the subject of inhibiting the spread of the virus is just staggeringly hypocritical and insincere. Uh, as is there this absurd line, you see them still coming out with it, and you had Sky News went and found just some random pub cafe oh, owner. Yeah. Like he was just he was a small business owner, legit. Who happens to have a family who's got a big coffee cha- coffee brand, uh, owns huge chunks of restaurants, uh, big restaurants in Melbourne, and and also what? the Gold Coast, a uh, former AFL footballer family who you know just sold the I think they they had the the bank in Brighton or something the, the location for like six point nine million. Yeah, you were saying like year. seven million dollars. Uh, this yeah, and they're they're producing just like some small business owner who's struggling, and they've got the quote. I'm not gonna you know what screw it. I'm not gonna play the audio from the sky, but it was basically him having a whinge and being like how hard it is for his staff who are already living week to week. You're like, you're their employer. You could pay them a living wage. Oh, these poor kids working in hospitality don't get paid much and they don't get any money. So pay them, you dickhead. Yeah, uh, just astonishing. But yes, it's also staggeringly hypocritical running this line that the... Because they're still trying to run, and that guy did as well, they're still trying to run the, uh, where it went wrong... And this is where Daniel Andrews went wrong. Because when, when they're asked, like, what did Daniel Andrews do wrong? They don't actually want to say the contracting out the security too much because that's the kind of thing they do. They want to try and blame it on something they hate. So they're trying to say that it's, he was too soft on the Black Lives Matter protests. Yes, which keeps getting brought up over and over. Even though it had no connection with the spread. No, but, their, but their line is, it told people that it was okay. And it's like, the people who are saying that are the people who have been screaming for months that it's okay, that it's no worse than the flu, Mm. that we should open up immediately. Like, the idea that these people who have been literally selling that line think they can get away with saying that a protest, which did in fact take the the pandemic seriously, was just saying there is another serious threat to health as well, which is police violence. Well, I I think one of the quotes that I saw during that time, which really sort of stuck with me was the one that this is a pandemic but this has been a pandemic racism and systemic racism has been a pandemic all my life yeah it has been a danger to me all my life and the black lives matter protests were like they were taking it seriously none of them were saying this is not a thing it was the right-wing cranks who were saying this is not a thing so if there's any complacency which is people you know going out there and, and hell people yesterday being like shit we're gonna gonna go and see our family do it one last time like like the virus wasn't gonna kick in till midnight yeah like no, you idiots. I do understand, like, I get the idea that they don't want to cause a rush on grocery stores, a rush on these sorts of things to that night. But they did it, it happened anyway. To, we it's had to go anyway. get milk. And the line in the queue at the grocery store that night was mad. So, no, it, it was already going... That's going to happen as soon as you say that you're going back into lockdown. It doesn't really make... And, and the way to stop there being a rush in the sense of empty shelves is for the supermarkets to actually have functioning, you know, inventory management systems mm. so that as soon as there's a run on something, people can only take, like, one or two items of it yeah. before it actually runs out. Like, that, that, you would think that's that would... just madness. Anyway, I mean, maybe the state government should have communicated with the shops and told them to, this is about to happen. And they could have spoken to the supermarket chain and said, um, there is going to be a run. You guys need to lock down your inventory now. Mm. The supermarkets could have done that as, as they're making the announcement. Like, yeah. that could have happened. But I don't understand if you... First of all, it's... 
really telling how differently the people in the in the towers were treated oh. with, the, with them being caught in, to stop them scattering whereas like it's and like it's like the, it, the, the, everything this... they said everything they said didn't happen like they said we are going to go in there with all the supports they need we are going to go in there we're going to make that sure that we have translations and social yeah. workers and, and they didn't and everything and they sent police in and they sent poorly trained police in police who, with guns yeah and they they sent police into vulnerable populations who often come from war-torn areas where police are a real issue. Never mind the fact that they're often from migrant populations where they're targeted already. They're African. They're a whole, you know, African gangs. There's a whole lot of other issues. Oh, yeah, that beat up, that, that horrifying bit. Yes. Well, that, isn't that the thing? So the whole idea that poor people in towers will scatter like some mm. kind of... <laughs> but, mm, there's very nasty sort of connotations, the idea of... of the level of humanity of people they can sort of scatter mm. but, but they but, don't but, even but get other... the same ability to go out and get that last milk or that last loaf of bread that they need right there's like three tiers of treatment mm. like those postcodes oh they're a bit west so they get midnight but i mean that midnight we don't care if they have a run on the shops mm. but the whole state oh look you know that includes the rich people so we'll yeah. do give an extra day which and they've they've you know they're all fleeing off to their beach houses in mornington like what the... well mornington's actually in metro melbourne well, according but... to the map Mornington is part of Metropolitan Melbourne. As yeah, well, no, they, they're, they're being cranky about being, and the hotels down there are being cranky about having shut down. But I suppose the point was they wanted to go to their beach house, and they wouldn't yeah. have been able to move to their to that reference residence Once, later. Yeah, exactly. So let's be clear, Daniel Andrews. Some of the faults are faults that predate Andrews that that they haven't been able to fix yet, which are things like the weird. Uh, holes in the Victorian health system that, yeah. have, that have been sort of since Kennett. And then you've got the failure. So that there may not be enough social workers that they can deploy as quickly as they felt they needed to. So it's just armed police because they're the people who get the resources. The police yeah. was, which is the whole point of defund the police. It's not, there won't be any kind of police force. It's stop giving the money that's needed for things like social workers to the police because yep. they're bad at it. That's not a job police do well. No, it is not. And so we need to give that money to other organizations. We need to set up other organizations that actually can support people and can help people. The, and, the idea that, that the police forces can keep having their funding increased where the, the service provision sectors in the government keep having them cut mm-hmm. and don't have that money is ridiculous. It, it did occur to me that in so far, first of all, those existing functions that aren't properly funded should be funded properly but separate to that how we run our government ever since you know three decades of neoliberalism we run on the basis of efficiency and kpis and cutting everything down to as cheaply as it can be done but that means eliminating any fat the problem is that the fat the, the reason why human beings have fat is so that we've got that reserve for when we need it exactly if we the, get sick and the body politic the community the government the public service needs to have that fat so that it's available when it's needed and we are cutting it all out so it's not there. So maybe there needs to be... I, we can think through how this would work practically, but if you need to have that fat there and you're not willing to just let each of the government departments and each of the areas have fat mm. in them to, to move, maybe there needs to be an entirely separate government department that is basically like um, service-providing public servants mm. that are available to be sent into different areas as needed. So, for example, they could have gone into the towers and provided social work um, supports led by actual social workers. But you yeah. basically have a team of people. You have the numbers there. You have a, a, a sort of a body of people who are uh, public servants. They, are, they have decent conditions. They're not contractors who are there for just that contract and then they nick off. 
Mm. These are people who have a long-term connection. Basically, they have a sort of a gig like the ADF, except without guns. Yeah. And they can be deployed for things like this. And they are... But their role is not control, it's service provision, which is a fundamentally different approach when you... they obviously knew that they were getting into the situation because they were starting to set up toy boxes for the kids and they were starting to get the food bank engaged to try and get food for the kids. Like, these things were happening. They were reaching out to organizations. And so the problem is they don't have any ability to provide these services. What they need to do is go to private organizations, go to charity organizations. They need to outsource it again to organizations that are often not actually staffed up to provide this help you know it's it's a failure of government that they have to do that they shouldn't have to do that it's not a the whole idea of having um charities coming in and filling in the gaps where government fails is a shonky one it shouldn't Mm. it it the government should never have to rely on them and uh, you know you could raise the funds for that by by taxing the very organizations that are like oh but you can't tax us because we provide charities well that's okay Uh, just to say, you know, how well equipped the um, police are to deal with these situations. On Tuesday night at one of the towers, the Australian Muslim Social Services Agency came with uh, packed groceries and food for residents. And there was an altercation with the police where one of the young black men was basically held to the ground and was like saying, I can't breathe. And it's create It's on film. They like swarmed him and pushed him to the ground. He was trying to deliver groceries and food to the residents. Oh, he's an actual worker. He's actually yeah, he's bringing... a volunteer. So they're saying, please, please don't choke him, please. He's just trying to deliver food. Yeah. What the? All right. Well, the other one here you've got. Um, can you imagine this being done anywhere else in Victoria? There's a Melbourne mother who's just given birth, has a newborn baby. Uh, Two months ago, her baby was premature. And so she's in hospital in intensive care. Yeah. And they've locked her down. So they, she told Seven News, because I've been locked down, I'm not able to see my daughter. And also I'm not able to give her my milk. So the authorities were very concerned. And so they got her breast milk and they put it in an esky and delivered it to the baby. Like, the baby doesn't just need her breast milk. No. The baby needs her mother. Yes, exactly. They like, actually, like, that time is really important. How, how, how is that a... Yeah, how I, is that compassionate? How is that anything? Get that woman tested, get her cleared and get her out. Put her up at, you know, there's, again, private charity, Ronald McDonald House, will put people up close to their children in, in, in times of need. You can have things like this. How can they not have a quarantine spot in the hospital uh, where they They could... do probably have quarantine spots in the hospital. Why is she... Well, she's probably the only person allowed to visit her child in this time of quarantine. Like, her husband's probably not even... Her partner, whatever. Uh, because, because of the... Um, yeah, because of the restrictions, yeah. yeah. No, because the baby's premature. Like, but the baby's premature, but they've also exploded. locked down visitation in the hospital, so you can't... Yeah, that's true. So they've really locked down the hospital rules. So why are they looking her in her? It's just, yeah, I like, after, now that the whole state's locked down. She'd have to be health screened every time she went in the hospital. She'd have to have her temperature taken. She'd have that's to. That's right. They, when you go to the hospital, yeah. they do a, they do a, yeah, yeah. for a check and they, they write it on you. Yeah. Yeah. With the little sticker, I know. Yeah. When I went there for my knee, it was like, <laughs> this is my temperature. <laughs> so frankly, I can't see any excuse for that. And, and at this point, those, the idea that there's three different levels of treatment in Melbourne, just in Melbourne is feral. Yeah. And, and it's people only accept it because of ingrained prejudices and feelings of worth of the people affected. Mm. It's horrible. And, and, and there's plenty of tower blocks in, in, in wealthier areas that are you know, just as likely to spread disease as, the, as a public housing block because they've still got shared you know, lifts and spaces. But they're not, they, they would never do that to them. That's okay, because the Daily Telegraph came out on the side of those poor people locked in the 
towers and called it a COVID cage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, know, like, now, if it was New South Wales and it was the Liberal government doing it, then no, it would, they'd, be, they'd be bashing those people as the... Um, and you'd, they'd be doing the... What's this Pauline Hanson thing? Where she was on Sunrise basically declaring that they were all drug addicts and, and alcohol oh. abusers and they, they... And she was trying to show both that. She's like... They, they, simultaneously being like, it's disgusting what uh, that, that Victoria um, has failed so badly and they should resign. But also defending the... Like, defending the mistreat- mistreatment of the people in the towers. Like, mm. don't worry, Daniel, you've got, you've got the support of Pauline Hanson insofar as you're being cruel to people. Yeah. And it's just, it's just staggering. But basically, the mainstream media will leverage it how they want. So today we can have sympathy, because we're in a different state, we'll have sympathy for those poor people in the towers, but tomorrow we'll be demonizing them again, and we'll be calling yeah. them, you know, the, as soon as they're talking now about a possible spread to New South Wales for a variety of reasons... So tomorrow, there'll probably be a headline on the Daily Telegraph calling them the worst people on the face of the earth, just like Hanson did. Like, it, it just flips. They Yeah, today we can use tools. them to bash Labour. Yeah. State Labour, and then, yeah. And, and again, like, I am not in any way defending Daniel Andrews. I think that, that they've done a bunch of things that were terrible and will, likely will continue to be because, you know, but State Labour... But do you know Labor who is not... defending Daniel Andrews? <laughs> Who's defending Daniel Andrews? Scott Morrison. He's defending him? Well, he's saying that, you know, he's having to make hard choices and he supports the state and the state has done what it needs to do. And it's not his his job to second guess premiers on these things. It's his job as the prime minister to rally the governments of Australia and our own government and the people of Australia to support Victorians in this time of need. Yeah, it's interesting him taking a more more prime ministerial, not not playing the, the politics game. I, I actually wonder, somebody did point this out, and it was a Labour defender on Twitter, like, and there are some very broken Labour defenders on Twitter at the moment, but um, they were like, the difference between New South Wales and Victoria is that New South Wales didn't have a an opposition that was constantly screaming that everything was fine and you should unlock you know, the state mm. as quickly as possible. Whereas, of course, Victoria does have that message being amplified both by one entire side of politics and in, by their entire media organisations. So, Except yes. now they're acting like they never said that and they're going around saying, oh, you should have kept it locked down, Andrews. We remember. We the, saw it. Exactly. The interesting thing, speaking of having a short memory, again, with Scott Morrison, because when states earlier started closing their borders, he was the first one to be out there saying premiers shouldn't be clo- closing their borders. And the Commonwealth is actually party to the uh, case that Clive, Clive Palmer's bringing to the court next week. Are they on Clive's side? Yeah. About the states not being allowed to close their borders. Yeah, well, look, I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but the Constitution does very clearly say there's a section, uh, 117, that is kind of a fundamental part of it. This is not a peripheral part of the Constitution. This is mm. when the states were coming together... One of the primary things was we're going to all be treated the same. And so, so um, Section 117 of the Constitution says, A subject of the Queen resident in any state shall not be subject in any other state to any disability or, or discrimination which would not be equally applicable to him if he were the... It's all him. If he were a subject of the Queen resident in such other state. Now, I don't know how the states are arguing that that gives them the power to do exactly the opposite of that. Yeah. Because... <laughs> what I'm not, not sure that there's no other part of the Constitution which contradicts that. It's a fundamental point of it. You can't treat a Victorian differently than you can t- treat a Queenslander or yeah. whatever. 
well, the Western Australian premiers has come out and basically said that, that it doesn't make sense for the federal government to be supporting the border closure between New South Wales and Victoria if he doesn't support the Western Australian border closure. Like, yeah. you can't have it both ways. If I you're, think you if can you're have... saying that people are allowed to cross and have this movement, then you need to say it. The prime minister is saying, oh, but it's different. Victoria is choosing to self-isolate itself. <laughs> no, it isn't. Yeah. Victoria's not closing the border. Yeah. New South Wales is closing the border. Queensland is closing the border. All the other states are saying, "F you, Victoria." Yeah. That is entire. They are, and they are expressly discriminating against Victorians. Like Victoria did agree with New South Wales, it was appropriate to close the border. Though interestingly, apparently they're having so many applications for cross-border permits, and they're having such a big issue with this because of all these border towns where half the town is literally on one side and half the town is on the other side. And the services are. Yeah, and so the services are split. Like they often have. Well, no, so they're not often not split. There's often one of that service for the dual towns, but it's on. It's not. It's not straddling the river. It's literally on one side or the other. If you look at Corwell, for example, almost all the shops and almost all the doctors and almost everything is on the New South Wales side. So what do you? Yeah, there's there's nothing. What's I forgot what the Victorian half of Corwell is called. It's like yes, it's the other town. It's it's a tiny. (laughs) Yeah, but there's but there's still like. You know, but yeah, the base hospitals in Albury, not Wodonga. Exactly. And Albury Wodonga Health is actually what it's called. There's one headspace, and the headspace is in Albury, like, which is a, a important for youth mental health, which is really taking a toll right now because a lot of youth have lost their jobs and are going to be impacted by, again, this shutdown of restaurants and services. Almost all the services are in Yarrawonga, not Mawaila. Yeah, it, and there's another example of a small town where the oh the one up near Echuca yeah the one, like, the one it's up near, in near, Victoria but they have to go into New South Wales to get to this yeah town. To, basically to get to Echuca quickly they well first of all without going an extra hundred kilometers or something their bonkers. twin town is in New South Wales and this is but they also have to go into New South Wales and then back into Victoria to get to Echuca quickly if they want to get to a bigger city rather than yeah adding an extra hundred kilometers to their trip and it's an Aboriginal community they were given no warning they just um, blocked the road yeah they literally put a hard <laughs> yeah, border they didn't even put someone guarding it they put a hard border yeah when we say hard border we don't mean it's not a sign or a yeah it's literally a barrier on the road that stops you blocks or those filled water barriers that you cannot move and if you don't have a forklift or a manatee like you just can't move those yeah you can't reason you know you absolutely cannot reason with those barriers because they don't Um, care and they're saying that for example ambulances which come in from shepherdon are now going to have to take like an hour longer to get there what because they have to take the the murray valley high for the murray valley um, Wait a minute, but have they actually addressed this and fixed it? So they're not. I don't know. It's 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 in the news still this morning. They can't. That's presumably if an ambulance gets. This is why the hard barriers are stupid. Yeah. You need people there. So if an ambulance is coming up, you don't be like, sorry, let me just type in your permit and just see if you. Yeah. It's a freaking ambulance. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, what are you if there was a fire? Well, if you're going to Queensland, though, what if that ambulance was smuggling people? What if that ambulance right. was smuggling Victorians? That's right. Yeah, I have a feeling that the uh, Queensland saying that Victorians were likely to be smuggling, smuggling themselves in trucks over the border. That might have been a little bit. That might have been in last week's. But, um, yeah, no, it's... it's oh, this but is what I was saying about the border communities, what I was saying about the border communities is now the uh, Premier uh, of New South Wales has asked people who live in those border communities to not leave them. So if you live on the New South Wales side, please don't go with it. Like, please don't leave your community. Stay in your border community. It would actually make sense for most of those towns, for the border actually to be moved, like, you know, 20 kilometres north of the Murray. Yeah. It shouldn't, New South Wales sort of, should basically cede that territory to Victoria, and those towns can all be part of Victoria. And <laughs> but yeah, pra- are, but the- practically they are. Practically, yeah. Melbourne is a lot closer to Albury than Sydney is, which yeah. is why things like the Federal Circuit Court in Albury was being managed out of Melbourne. Yeah. 
not New South Wales, not Sydney. Yeah. Which is really weird because then you have the situation where like Victorian cases are listed in New South Wales on the other side of the border, but then Victoria Legal Aid doesn't apply because it's in New South Wales, so they have to go through like New South Wales Legal, Legal Aid, Aid which, which you don't, know, yeah, which you also don't necessarily qualify for because you're a Victorian resident. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Frankly, because it's, we've got all of these towns that literally built themselves along the river. Apparently, they've issued 125,000 border permits in two days. Which makes it like you would need to. It's yeah. very weird. And uh, the stage three that we're back on. It, this is the thing that gets me that we. I don't think we ever left stage two, did we? But mm. people were acting like we were at stage nothing. People have been. This, this happened. Light work so there's it, there's the outbreak the source of being from the hotels, mm-hmm. but there's the fact that it's spread so fast, which was always just one error human error away from happening. That's because yeah. people have been like, nah, it's all fine. You know, there's a deadly pandemic roaming the world that hasn't been has definitely not been wiped out that there's no vaccine for, but we'll just act like it's gone because mm. we're bored of it. Anyway, apparently we've spread the plague to the rest of this country now, so, you know. <laughs> Your border closures came too late. Victorians have already spread. Oh, that's interesting. So it's just come up in the news that New South Wales, speaking of border ta- towns, has recorded 13 new cases of COVID-19 in the last 24 hours, uh, 11 are return travel- travellers, and two are Albury residents. Okay. I think, obviously, you need to have the, the power of governments. To, they need to be able to shut down regions, they just need to do it consistently, not like the three-tier system we've seen in Victoria. But the state borders are a really stupid way of doing it. Mm. They're not... The the structure of the country is not such that the state borders are, in fact, meaningful for that, as we've seen with all the towns along the Murray. I did see that Frydenberg is talking about... not Obviously, they're going to have to keep the income support uh, going. Well, they should keep the income support going indefinitely because, frankly, whether, if you lose your job because of the pandemic or if you lose your job because of, I don't know, just general capitalism, yeah. that doesn't mean you should be starving to death. Yeah. Uh, but since they've got it in place and they are definitely going to need to extend that ongoing because it's not like businesses in Victoria are hiring. Quite the reverse. They get, they get very panicked about it. But Frydenberg's plan is to bring forward the second phase of their tax cuts. So... <laughs> That means that incomes, which would have been on more than 19%, so the, the amount of your money between, uh, I think we used to be on 30-something and to 45, that goes down to 19%. And then from people for the part of the income between 90000 and 120000 yeah, uh, it goes down to 32.5%. So basically, you know, if you're on 90000 you're on substantially better than the average Australian. Yep. Certainly, much more be, um, more than the median Australian, because obviously the average is you know, the median Australian. The one where fifty percent earn more and fifty percent earn less is way down in forty or fifty thousand. But yeah. the average is like eighty something because very rich people pull that average yes, up. Yes, they do. So it's like yes, the average is higher, but it's not actually people don't ordinary people don't have it. Yeah. Um, but. So that's just a tax cut for people who are much wealthier than the average. How is that the appropriate way to spend limited resources now? Anyway, at least at least that's only the federal government. At least Labor's in there and can, can fight again. Oh, sweetie, Labor's been pushing for them to bring that forward since last year when they just first started talking about it. God damn it. God damn you, Anthony Albanese. Yeah. His yep. response to tax cuts for rich people is they should have been brought forward last year. Mm. Oh... 
Yeah, yeah. See, we don't need to bash state labour because federal labour is so much worse. Oh. Like, if you want to ba- And it's the same in Victoria. Like, if, if, every cock-up that we can fairly lay at the feet of Daniel Andrews, it's just so much better than what we would have got if the state liberals had been oh. in charge. Well, and Josh Frydenberg and Scott Morrison both yesterday were saying that they're going to... Indicated that there were going to be extensions of support programs. They haven't said that they're going to be extending job seeker or job keeper, but they've indicated that obviously the situation has changed and where there's need will be there to help it. But then that's not obvious at all with this government. It's not obvious that they'll be there to help it at all. I know, I know. Did he go, did he actually go away on was he away on holiday because he disappeared for a chunk well, of time? Well, he didn't give a media conference for six days. He was probably just just you know working hard. Hmm. At his beach house. Yeah, I does it come out? Oh, he does. He's got that one down 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 by the coast where we went with Annabelle Crab uh, for that kitchen cabinet episode. Uh, did you? My mind went to a very different place. I was like, "What?" <laughs> no, I don't know. No, but he is. I do think uh, it. It does seem to be a passion with Scummo, and it's the school holidays. I think <sighs> Scott Holiday Morrison might be. Um, yeah. It might be a pattern of behaviour that, that repeats and, and he has no intention of not repeating. What are you There certainly about? weren't real consequences. I do love that the same media who were like, it's fine for Scott Morrison to uh, defer responsibility for things that are done at the, you know, the ground level because mm. he's the Prime Minister, he's at the top of the tree. He's not micromanaging. No. He's not, what am I supposed to do, get out there and hold a hose? Yeah. They're fine with that, but as soon as Daniel Andrews and the contractors doing being shit... Like, it's not like Daniel Andrews... What was it Kavadia was pointing out? Like, when you go and hire... You know, you hire a, a, a baker... You get a... You know, you contract a baker to bake a cake. You, you don't feel that you need to specify that they're not meant to fuck it. <laughs> True. You feel but, like you it know, comes with the contract. Hiring crappily paid contractors where a lot of the money goes to the contracting company isn't a great model either. No. And, and, and I agree 100% that's a shitty model that they shouldn't yeah. be following. The state liberals don't, though. No. Like, no. all of the things where Labor's cocked up here are things that they're, tr- they're being more like the libs. Yeah. None of these are where the state Labor's gone and done a lefty socialist thing and be, and it's gone wrong. These are all things where they've done a neoliberal subcontracting stuff out or, in the case of the towers, throwing in the police and brutalising, you know, <laughs> marginalised people. Exactly. That's all them doing liberal shit. Just giving them random boxes of toys. Well, I don't know. Liberals would bother giving them random boxes. What was the thing I think Buddha Vista was... was Describing the picture, like, I don't think I've actually seen the photo. I've only seen it in passing. But apparently, there's, you know, there's there's Lego, which is quite expensive. And then there's like egg cartons. <laughs> the egg cartons had to grow anim- grow plants in. Well, it, it might have been more useful to send them egg cartons with eggs in them. What? Oh, and- did you see the grocery thing? So there was a photograph of uh, they they were being sent cereal but no milk and jam but no bread, and they yeah. were like, there was ex- tweets being like. This is absurd. And then you had all of these <sighs> state Labor defenders mm. being on, coming on and being like, well, this just seems incredibly entitled to be like, oh, here's, here's some food, but I want more. And you're like, it's not entitled to think that you should be, that, that there should be some thought put into. You no, know, and that it should be needs. And they were saying that apparently. What use is cereal without milk? What use is jam without bread? Also, the... apparently there was like an entire box of pork sitting near the elevator because a lot of people were given pork products who were don't eat pork for personal religious reasons. And so they had just like taken it all and dumped it in a box. There's a big box full of pork products just sitting in front of the elevator because they've given them things they can't eat. So I actually have the 
uh, picture up. Of the my, toys. Yeah, my favorite is the uh, air freshener, the pine tree air freshener that looks like the one that you give to, you put in your car. Yeah, but kids love that. And the hand cream? <laughs> kids love hand cream. Hours of fun. <laughs> I'm a very incompetent parent. Uh, you know, and there's... there's Evie, there's... would you like a, like a little air freshener in the shape of a tree from a car? Would you have fun with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, there you okay, are. Okay, there you go. We so have a three-year-old three year old says, hey, would you like some air, some hand cream? Yes. Yes? Well, she does actually love hand cream. She loves spreading it on her brother's cot. That was, that was, that was so cream. She was baby. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no. So, okay, cool. Well, why? I don't know why we've been getting you toys. We could have just been getting you, like, hand cream and, and car air fresheners. Mm. Oh, well, that was easy. Nice. Hey, thank you, Daniel Andrews. You've just made parenting much easier. High five. <laughs> All right. I think that's where we might leave it for now because, of course, we are in a benign state. And, you, and I, I worry that the longer we talk, the more risk you have of... Because uh, hasn't the World Health Organization, they're now saying there's increasing amounts of evidence that COVID-19 can be airborne. Uh, yes, in not, fact. Not definitive proof, but, yeah. but yeah, increasing, increasing evidence. evidence is that it's airborne, so wear a damn mask, people. Uh, and cover your earphones with some kind of plastic yes. whenever hearing a podcast about the, uh, coming from Victorians. You know, Absolutely. Freaky, isolated state, all alone in the night. Uh, thank you for coming back, darling. Uh, how can people find you on the tweets? I am at Deansy, D-E-E-N-S-E-Y. And people can find us at Well May We Say on the Twitter, which is, we'd love to hear from you to discuss what's just been discussed in the episode and so forth. Uh, thank you to Alex Lum for the artwork. Thank you, Robin Gray, for the music. Thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. You are how the podcast keeps going. Thank uh, you. Th- thank you. You're, you're heroes. Heroes of the podcast. Anyway, we'll sw- unless unless uh, all the phone lines get cut as well, unless they fully have to cover Victoria in a dome, uh, we'll come and talk with you on a future podcast very soon. See you soon. Bye. The Victorian Labour Project was our last best hope for vaguely competent major party government. A self-contained state 2,000 kilometres long, located in neutral territory. A place of commerce and diplomacy for 6.5 million humans and the IPA. A shining beacon on Bass Strait, all alone in the night. It was the dawn of the third age of mankind, the year the country burned down and the Great Plague came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the occasionally not terrible state governments. The year is 2020. The name of the place is Victoria. Sorry.